Master flute maker Paul Thompson joins us this month from his home here in New Mexico. Escape's number 10 is, well, it's late, and I'm blaming it on technology. Escapes. Escapes. A Mystic Soundscapes netcast. The latest news in the world of New Age music, concert updates, artist interviews, contests, and more. And now, Escapes. Welcome to Escapes number 10 for Wednesday, June 28th, 2006. I'm Pete Havey. Have to apologize for the delay in getting this month's show online. Actually, this is his last month's show, which was originally scheduled to air in May, but thanks to a hard drive crash, we had to rebuild the show from scratch. Sorry, I, I don't know what the word backup means. Well, what is that? <laughs> anyway, everything's back in order now. The data's restored, and we're back in action. So, let's kick things off with our top 10 track list for the past 30 days, May 27th through June 27th, 2006. According to ratings and votes from Mystic Soundscape's listeners online, Adventure Cargo hits number 10 with Seduction from Echoes of Egypt. Number 9, Tony O'Connor's Seeker from Aquazone. Delirium hits number 8 with Remembrance from their Karma CD. Kevin Wood's Solemn Vow comes in at number 7 from the Sacred CD. Number 6, Lorena McKennett's The Mystic's Dream from The Mask and Mirror. Number 5, David Arkenstone, The Call of the Sea from The Spirit of Ireland. David Lons and Gary Strauss's Spirit Romance hits number 4 with the track Satori. Number 3 is Troika with The Chariot from Kingdom of the Sun. Gary Strauss's hits number 2 with his second entry in the top 10 this month along with Will Clipman and William Eaton, Stars Over Sedona from the CD Quiet Fire. And at number one for the past 30 days on Mystic Soundscape's internet radio, it's Tim McGowan with Whispering Winds from the CD Kingdom. That's the 30-day top 10 report. Now be sure to check our website every Monday when we post the top five weekly tracks at mysticsoundscapes.com. And if there's a song you really like or you don't like, drop us a line and let us know. 206-600-6282. We may even end up playing your request on the next podcast. In music news this month, a new CD and a new name for former Torchlight Creek member Ken Hill. Sleep Thief's The Dawn Seekers finally here. And more new CD announcements from some of your favorite artists. It's all on right now in the music. Blow Up Hollywood is releasing their new CD slash DVD on July 4th. It's titled The Diaries of Private Henry Hill. For more details, blowuphollywood.com. Former Torchlight Creek member Ken Hill is releasing his new solo CD under the name Soulwire. He says the CD should be ready this week, so listen for tracks soon on Mystic Soundscapes. Ambient Generation's new album Passive Aggressive is now available, featuring chilled out passive piano melodies and strings gliding over an aggressive techno beat backdrop. Download the album from iTunes or pick up the CD on CD Baby or the artist's website ambientgeneration.com. New Vibes Music will release Echoes of Tuvalu in July, an ambient New Age compilation album featuring such artists as Amilcar, Australis, Mild, and Tom Beckus. New Vibes' David Moreno called in to update us on the project. New Vibes Music will release this July Echoes of Tuvalu, an interesting and soothing New Age compilation. This unique album will include great work of fresh new artists such as Australis, Plan, Amilcar, Trevor Stewart, Tom Beckus, and many more. For additional information, visit newvibesmusic.com. David was also kind enough to send us a sample of the compilation album. Here's some of the music you'll hear on Echoes of Tuvalu.
more info on Echoes of Tuvalu or to see what else New Vibes has in store, visit newvibesmusic.com. Look for the new album by Ryan Farish, Everlasting, August 8th. You can pre-order your copy at neurodisc.com and preview the album on Ryan's website, ryanfarish.com. Harpist Lisa Lynn has released her latest CD, Secret Songs, featuring Celtic harp, world flutes, and strings of the Renaissance. It's a compilation of new works and unreleased versions of old favorites. Visit lisalynn.com for more. That's lisalynne.com. And from Eric Tingstad's blog on the Tingstad and Rumble website comes the news that a new CD is in the very beginning stages there. We'll keep you updated as that project develops. That's what's happening in the music. Check our website for updated music news at mysticsoundscapes.com slash music. This month's featured track is from Spanish musician and visual artist Salva Morena, a.k.a. Psychodremix. Salva defines his music as an instrument designed to awaken the deepest emotions and intimate feelings of the listener. Each album is a vibrant trip, visiting imaginary and fantastic scenes beyond time, space, and knowledge. This track is called Morning Light from the Psychodremic CD As Dark Passion and features the captivating vocals of Priscilla Hernandez. Okay. 
This is the Escapes Podcast. I'm Pete Havey, and that was Morning Light from the Psychodremix CD As Dark Passion. You can check out more of Salva Moreno's music by visiting psychodremix.com. That's P-S-I-C-O-D-R-E-A-M-I-C-S.com. Back in late May, I had the pleasure of interviewing one of the most renowned flute makers in the world, Paul Thompson. I originally heard of Paul during my interview with David Lons and Gary Strauss back in August 2005. Gary had mentioned Paul's name and frankly couldn't stop praising the guy. It's taken almost a year, but we finally got Paul on the show. Ironically, Paul lives here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Escapes originates from. But because we're both so busy, we still had to do the interview over the phone. But Paul's a great guy, a warm, friendly soul who possesses an incredible talent. I hope you enjoy the interview with Paul Thompson. We're on the phone with uh, master flute maker Paul Thompson today. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thanks. Paul, I've heard so much about you from Gary Strauss, who swears by your flutes. You are uh, an American Indian flute maker, player, and historian. Can you start off by telling us how you got into playing and making flutes? Yeah. I've always wanted to play a flute, and this goes back to my days in grade school when I was in the sixth grade. Uh, I wanted to play a silver flute. And so I got, I went to the music teacher and they had us all stand in line and he proceeded to tell us to put our fingers up to our lips and blow. So when my turn came, he told me to go play strings because I had a paralysis on one side of my face. So I never got a chance to, to do that. So I guess 20 some odd years ago, uh, I heard the music again and uh, no music background, no, you know, no, no interest at that time for it. I heard the music again, and it sort of just rekindled the flame in me again. And so uh, I heard this one lady playing at, uh, at an arts and crafts show, and uh, I just went over and I listened. I didn't do anything at the time. A year later, at the same arts and crafts show, the same lady, I'm still standing there just watching and listening, and I get up enough courage to go ask her if I can play. And she puts a flute up to my lips and tells me to blow and I make a sound and she tells me I can. So I start playing a transverse bamboo flute at the time. And I took some lessons from her in that. 
And I did that for, oh, three or four months or so. And then I decided, you know what, I want to do Native American stuff because I had heard of one tape that was done. And, uh, and I thought, I'd like to do that. So I asked her if she knew anything about it, and she didn't. So that's where everything sort of got started from. I started checking out people that were, were recording at the time. I asked them where they got their flutes, and they tried to tell me. And, you know, these people, some of the people that the flutes that they had, their makers had already passed on. And so, you know, it was, it was sort of a trial and error kind of thing. You know, I played their, they let me play one instrument until I listened to it. I didn't know nothing, so I just, well, I, I kept trying. I kept finding different flute players. And then I ran into an old flute maker by the name of um, Hollis Little Creek. I heard he was down in Sedona area, so I went down to see him. And he um, proceeded to sell me a flute. He didn't give me any information. So I started with him. He just sort of gave me a little bit basic information. And then I met him again and a little bit more information. So that's basically what I was doing all that time in the early part of my career-making flute thing, I guess you could say. Uh, so I was talking to numerous flute makers and stuff like this and what it was. So um, I said, well, let me try. So I tried one and I used basic measurements of just my arm length and finger spacing. And I got pretty close because they use hand measurements as well as arm length and thumb and index finger for bore sizes. Oh, I didn't know that. And then you just sort of get your finger up there kind of comfortable and kind of mark out where the holes are and you just, you know. All right, so now if you made a custom flute for somebody, would you use their hand to do the measurements? You know, no, I don't. Okay. Um, because what I found out through my travels of doing that stuff, that most Native American flutes that I found were an F or an F sharp. So I just pretty much used that as a basis for what I was going to do. I see. And then pretty soon my research brought me up to find out that Native American music was in pentatonic scale. So then I started doing fingering for pentatonic scales on the flutes, and that's pretty much where I am today. And um, it, it was it was a whole lot of trial and error, just go and go and do it and do it. You know. Right. First, all the all the tools I had were hand tools, which a lot of them still are. Uh, but now I use table saws to cut my wood to get wow. it down to the length that I need them and, and the thicknesses I need them and stuff like that. Since I do so much more more volume, I sort of, I, I don't want to say mass produced because I do everything, I finish everything by hand. Right. And I'm the only one that touches the flute. Nobody else sands for me. Nobody else cuts these things for me. Nobody else does anything. I do it all. Amazing. So, you know, it was a, it was a trial and error thing, and I got to where I'm at now. And, and now it's all in memory, you know, in, in fingering and, and length. Thank God for the ruler, you know? <laughs> That's right. And, you know, when you're consistent on certain things, then everything falls in the same place. So there's all of the guesswork now is taken out because, you know, I write down measurements, you know, and stuff. The sounds that I use now are specific thicknesses of the flute and my flutes are oval they're not they're not round interesting oval. but the bore is round but the outside of the flute is oval okay now i have a question for you as as a lay person is is there a way to tell if a flute is of premium or high quality 
I honestly believe that there is no such thing as a bad flute. Okay. It may be a little off uh, as far as the tuning or whatever, but uh, I, I don't believe there is anything as a bad flute. It just all depends how people play. You get personal with your flute. If you see something's a little flat, you push it a little harder to bring that sound up. But my flutes are pretty much well on that you can just play at a constant pressure that the steps and the intervals just fall right into place. So, Paul, about how many flutes would you say uh, that you can make, say, in a year? I used, in the early days, it was a lot more, you know, like like all things, you know, fads come and go, so. Right. And it's, uh, as Gary would say, there's uh, a drive-by fluting and there's all kinds of flute makers now. <laughs> so it's just, you know. Right. But as far as volume for myself, I do four shows a year, and I sell anywhere from 10 to 20 cedar flutes at a show, and anywhere from 30 to 50 river chain flutes at a show. That's great. And then all of the orders that come after that. I, I usually pick up maybe 10 orders after a show. Now, we know Gary Strauss is a big fan of yours. Um, can you name off any other artists besides Gary who use your flutes? Uh, Fernando Solicion, who's a Zuni flute player. Okay. Uh, I had uh, gifted Carlos Nakai a flute long time ago. Wow. Uh, Kevin Locke. John Hewling, before he got to be all famous, uh, started out with my flute. There's another, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he's the Pueblo guy who I think is the best flute player around, besides Gary and Fernando and the people that, you know. Right. I, I, I like John, John Raynard, I'm sorry. Uh, Lewis Ballard has one of my flutes. You know, there's, there's a lot of people back east that have my flutes that have recordings out. You know, they all changed their name. They used, like, guy's name was Billy, and then it's, now it's a different name. So right. <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep up with them. Now let's talk about your CDs here. Which CDs do you have out right now, and uh, which ones, if any, are your favorites? My my thing is, uh, Gary and I go around and around this. I always tell him I'm a I'm a maker and not a player, <laughs> because he has the discipline to practice and do all the stuff that he does, but he can't make a flute. Right. You see, <laughs> so it's the other way, and I think that's if you're true to your craft, I think you have to do one or the other. There's not too many that play and make. You know, there isn't. Uh, Fernando doesn't make his own flute. Carlos doesn't make his own flute. I, I do have a couple of CDs that I've played on. I actually play with a group here in Albuquerque, which is uh, Colin Nimbus. Okay. Yeah, and we have a, one CD out with them, and I had another CD, Hearts to the Sun, with a, a good friend of mine, uh, David Fine. We did that, and then as well as Gary with uh, Canyon Dichet. Now, speaking of Canyon Deshaies, you and Gary recorded that in Canyon Deshaies, out in nature, no processing, just the natural sounds around you. How, how was that experience? Oh, man, it was something. Because my mom was born and raised in the area. Oh, I see. And uh, she, lived at, she lived at the mouth of the Canyon Deshaies. Wow. So we sort of just went in, tried to get there before all of the tourists got there. Right. And everything seemed to be working fine. The animals uh, cooperated with us. They, you know, they, they, they helped out on the recording because crows where you could hear them, horses you could hear them. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, birds and everything. And, but the biggest thing was that it was, you know, my mom never really got a chance to hear me play. 
Oh. You know, so uh, it was it was something nice to be able to go back there and do that. That must have been an amazing it, experience. It just, uh, you know, you just get the feel. I don't I, I don't know how to explain it, uh, but it's it's like I was there and she was listening. Right, uh, right. And that stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah. You have any current projects you're working on with other uh, other artists, other people, or any projects planned for the near future you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, right now we're we're uh, working on another CD with the group called In Numbers, and uh, we're, Gary and I had talked about maybe going back to Canyon Deschay and doing something again. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but we may decide to to do something a little different. But. Well, you're obviously keeping busy. Well, I also work <laughs> full-time, too, so you know, I work at the Rio Grande Zoo. Jack of all trades, right? Yeah, I do that and take care of the family. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, Paul, it's been great having you on the show today. Before we wrap up, though, I want to tell people where they can go or how they can contact you if they want to purchase a flute and have you make one for them. Yeah, they can, um, they can either write to me at my P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 837. That's Albuquerque, New Mexico, 871 03. Okay. Or else, if they want, they can reach me on my home telephone number, which is area code is 505-275-8466. Great. Well, Paul, listen, thanks so much. Uh, it's been great talking with you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Best of luck in the future, and uh, hopefully we can get together in person one day soon. Have you back on the show. You will. <laughs> okay, take care. All righty.
From Echoes of Canyon Deshay, that's Cottonwoods at Canyon Del Muerto Improvisations by Paul Thompson. For more information on Paul and his flutes, watch the Mystic Soundscapes website as we put together an artist webpage for Paul, or call him directly at 505-275-8466. the recent concert dates for some of your favorite instrumental artists. David Arkenstone will be performing August 11th at the Gemini Sun Records Presents concert in Thousand Oaks, California. Visit davidarkenstone.com for more details on that show. Also appearing there is flutist Nicholas Gunn. Join Corey Lene Carruthers Saturday, July 29th at B.B. King's Blues Club in Universal City, California. Should be a great show with Corey's music, food, and lots of fun. Call 818-622-5464 for more info. Catch pianist David Lons at the Triple Door in Seattle, Washington, July 8th at 8 p.m. For tickets, visit thetripledoor.net. And look for harpist vocalist Anya Minogue with Pendragon at the Waterplace Park Summer Concert Series in Providence, Rhode Island, August 4th. Call 401-421-2489, extension 714 for details. Remember, if you're an artist and you'd like to keep us updated on your upcoming live appearances, give us a call, 206-600-6282. That's 206-600-6282. This week, Neurodisc Records released the brand new album by Sleep Thief called The Dawn Seeker. It's been available digitally on iTunes for the past month or so, and the CDs are now shipping. They were kind enough to grant us permission to preview a track from the CD here on Escapes, so we proudly present to you Sleep Thief. Entre Cielamer. <laughs> Thanks to Troy Kelly for sending along the pronunciation of that one from the Dawn Seeker on Escapes. C'est un silence tout doux qui recouvre la nuit. Je frissonne. Oh, oh, oh. 
That's Andre Cielemer from The Dawn Seeker, the new release by Sleep Thief. To hear more from the album and pick up your own copy, visit Neurodisc.com and watch for our interview with the talent behind Sleep Thief in an upcoming episode of Escapes. New tracks from your favorite artists on Mystic Soundscapes. Listen for these new tracks in the coming month on Mystic Soundscapes Internet Radio. Ambient Generation. Passive Aggressive.
new tracks from your favorite artists on Mystic Soundscapes. Escapes is now selling premier sponsorships to qualified advertisers and artists. For more details, send an email to podcast at mysticsoundscapes.com. Before we wrap up, I want to thank all the listeners who've checked in with us in the past month, including Chris, who listens in from Alpharetta, Georgia, Selena at Lyons Elementary in Houston, Diana, who checks in from LISD in Laredo, Texas, Suzanne at Dharma Publishing in Casadero, California, and Oscar Mata at Sandra's Office Solutions in Roswell, New Mexico. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to Mystic Soundscapes. That'll do it for Escapes number 10 on June 28, 2006. Another exclusive artist interview and more great music coming your way in July. And I promise the show will be on schedule next month. Thanks so much for listening. For Escapes, I'm Pete Havey.